Thanks for tuning in to the IGM podcast. We're so glad you've decided to explore God's word with us. We look forward to connecting with you in email at infointegritygm.com or online at our website, www.integritygm.com. We hope this podcast encourages you to grow in the knowledge of God through his word. Be blessed. Blessings to everyone today and greetings in the name of Yeshua the Messiah. Today we're going to be looking at the subject of apologetics and polemics. And I have Alan in the studio with me today. And actually, we're going to just introduce something to you, and we're going to link everyone that is listening to two videos, one that is apologetics and one that is on the basis of polemics. And let me try to explain this, and then, Alan, if you have any questions or any comments about it. When we talk about apologetics, we are talking about defending our faith from an attack that is coming from the outside. For example, an atheist, a Darwinist, is always attacking the book of Genesis and our understanding of creation. And by destroying Genesis and their mindset, you're destroying the God of the Bible. And so apologetics is defending the book of Genesis, defending the creation story. That's being on the defensive nature of defending our faith, that we're looking at the book of Genesis the creation story, and we believe in the creation of God of all things. He is the creator, and we are his creation. So we don't believe in evolutionism, Darwinism, over millions and millions of years of evolving from one entity to another. So that's just an example. In apologetics, our faith is being attacked all the time. If it's not from Darwinism, it's from rabbinical Judaism, from Islam, from a pantheistic society like Hinduism, and from Buddhism, which is actually more atheistic in its background, and from all kinds of different directions. Even on the political scene, Marxism, which is aligned with atheism, attacking our understanding of the world from the Bible perspective. So apologetics is defending your faith from an outward attack. Now let's talk about polemics. Polemics is actually looking at another worldview. For example, a Hindu worldview, which is a pantheistic worldview. Pantheism is that there's one God and millions of ways to know God. In fact, in Hinduism, 330 million ways of knowing God. But really what they're saying, every path, every way to know God is a right path. There's not any wrong path in the Hindu faith. They will have different rules and regulations and things of that nature, but everybody is on their path. That's a pantheistic society. So from the biblical standpoint, we believe in one God, one salvation, one Messiah, one way to God through the forgiveness of sins. So when we look at the pantheistic world, and I want to say most of the Western culture is based upon pantheism today, then we start attacking the pantheistic mindset. And we start looking at how illogical, how much hypocritical it is, and how they have to contradict themselves in so many different ways. And we start 
attacking the philosophy of pantheism in order to bring the truth of the gospel into their lives. It makes them think. Some people do not believe that this is a scriptural approach to evangelism. And I always take them to different places in in the Bible. For example, Matthew chapter 23. Jesus, Yeshua, is attacking the Pharisaic view of the Bible through their oral traditions and their control over the people, and he attacks them. Everything that they say and they do, he begins to attack. He attacks their hypocrisy, and in the midst of that, he's going to bring them the truth of the gospel. So what this is doing is breaking down falsehood, darkness, things that do not represent God, bringing it down, breaking down the walls in order to bring the light of the gospel into that person's life. And today we're going to be looking at both apologetics and polemics, and we're going to give you an example within the world of Islam of how we're going to defend our faith and also we're going to attack the world of Islam at the same time. Apologetics and polemics. Any thoughts about that, Alan? That's interesting. The polemics I'm I'm not as uh, familiar with, but when I think of apologetics and some of the listeners, you know, you've probably heard of of C.S. Lewis, the kind of famous apologetic uh, Christian writer, you know, Ravi Zacharias, some, some names. But yeah, polemics is interesting because, you know, even myself growing up in the church, you almost feel like you just want to show love and, and show people the love of Christ and, and, and live by example, which I think is the right way too. But you don't always get taught the idea, um, like you mentioned, you know, Jesus and Matthew, you know, he went after the Pharisees and the Pharisaic thinking and exposed the wrong that they were doing. But, you know, he did it with love. Obviously, Jesus loved them and cared about them. Yeah, it's just interesting to see that. And, and on the other spectrum, with polemics, I, I see a lot of people just kind of go after other people in a wrong way, you know, where they just want to prove a point that they're right, and it's not really done with, with the love of Christ sometimes. Um, so I think that's an interesting kind of line to walk with there. And, and for me, and, and maybe you have some thoughts on this, I think it kind of starts with a, a heart motive, you know, like what's your heart? Is it really to have this person, whether it's a Muslim believer, whether it's a pantheistic or an atheist believer, um, you know, is it really to prove that you're right and that you're better than them, or is it to bring them to the gospel of Christ? And I think ultimately we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to check us and, and give us the right tool and the right things to say at the right time. But a lot of Christians, including myself, I don't necessarily think you should come at what they're believing. You know, you kind of can sit there and, and sit back and, and take a passive approach when, you know, Jesus did the opposite a lot of time in Scripture. Yes, and I, and I want to deal with the issue that you brought up. What is love? Because the understanding of love in our society, and we have become a pantheistic society, that if you criticize or if you're breaking down someone's worldview, that is a lack of love. But when you go from Genesis to Revelation, it is attacking falsehood, things that do not represent God, and then it's bringing forth the truth of the things of God. And that's not an absence of love. That is the love of God. And I would ask people to go to 1 Corinthians 13 that really describes what love is. Because today we have an understanding of love that's not a biblical understanding. 
because we have a worldview that's coming out of a pantheistic worldview that has come into the church and which we're so hesitant to criticize or to confront things that do not represent God's word. And that's not the love of God. In 1 Corinthians 13, one of the characteristics of God's love, not man's love, that it does not rejoice with unrighteousness, but it rejoices with the truth. And when you look back into the Bible and you see men of God coming against idol worship, coming against pantheism, coming against polytheism, coming against the wrong traditions of men and trying to say that this is doctrines that we should follow, you don't see the prophets just kind of easily trying not to offend the people. They're confronting that worldview and bringing the truth. And this is something I want everybody to remember. The gospel is confrontational. It's not something that you ease into. You're coming into the kingdom based upon repentance, repentance of sin. Now, if we don't ever talk about sin and the destruction of sin and how sin separates us from God and we don't want to offend people, how can we ever come in and truly have faith in the Messiah that saves us from sin and start a road of discipleship where we deny ourselves, we deny the things of this world, and we take up our own cross and we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So everything about apologetics, defending our faith, Jesus had had to do it many times to the Sadducees, to the Pharisees, to different individuals that are coming with questions and comments in order to attack his faith. He defends his faith and he turns right around and asks them a question that's attacking their worldview. And when they could not answer, he gives them the truth many times. Other, other times he says, well, if you can answer this, I'll answer you. And so it's all an issue many times of apologetics versus polemics. And all of it is flowing from Yeshua with love, the love of God. Here is God coming to us and the love of God, which is in him, bringing the truth. And it's very confrontational. And we are living in a society, in a pantheistic worldview, that we do not want confrontation. We do not want anyone to criticize. We don't want anybody to criticize our worldview. I want my worldview to be challenged by the Word of God every single day. And if I speak against something that I see that's in the world, that's come inside of the church, and I began to speak to it, you watch how people just get very hesitant and uneasy with the direction of that conversation. I can see it in their face. I can see it in their body language. However, we're going to do apologetics, and we're going to do polemics, and hopefully it will break down things that need to be broken down and build up things that need to be built up. And that is the goal of this podcast in this category. I'm going to introduce today one of the authorities of Islam in the world. His name is Dr. J. Smith. I'm very surprised when I talk to Christians around the world. Do you know Dr. J. Smith? And nine times out of ten, they've never heard of him. Now, they rub shoulders with Muslims all the time in the Western society, and they have friends that are Muslims, and they want to know how to reach Muslims, but yet they don't understand the world of Islam. And Dr. J. Smith is probably 
the number one authority on Islam as far as apologetics and polemics in the world. In fact, at the present time, there's not a Muslim scholar outside of Ali Shabir, and even he doesn't debate him very often, that will even debate Dr. J. Smith because he is probably the number one authority on Islam in the world. Now, he's a Christian. Every attack that comes against Christianity, apologetics, one of their attacks is that Jesus never died on a cross. So we're going to send you a video. We're going to link you to a video that if you ever come across this of a Muslim saying that Jesus never died on a cross, some of the things that they say, he was, one, he was a prophet, he was not the Messiah, he was not the Son of God, and he did not die on the cross, and there wasn't a resurrection. They actually believe he never died and he ascended into heaven. This idea of the cross and the substitutional sacrifice for sin They fight very hard to stay away from that and to have any resemblance of a death upon a cross. And they will laugh and say, this never took place. Well, we're going to send a video to you, and it's going to be entitled, Did Jesus Really Die on the Cross? Between 20 and 30 minutes, and Dr. J. Smith is going to go through the historical evidence throughout early church history not just from a Christian perspective, but from others that talked about Jesus and this crucifixion. And I want you to listen to it, and when the crucifixion ever comes under attack from a Muslim, you'll be able to quote sources that really talked about his death. And uh, so we want you to listen to this. The second video that we want to play for you is in the category of polemics. And we're going to play, again, another video from 20 to 30 minutes. I chose videos that are not too long because in American culture, it seems like 20 minutes is about the extent of what someone can listen sometimes. And so we've got to break that, and we've got to be able to have more stability in that area to have content that we can listen to an hour to two hours without even visual stimulus. You know, we're just listening. And uh, I think we can do this. And we, as a culture, we need to get back to just listening and be focused on the content of what a person is saying instead of the performance that is going on that we can visualize. So the second video is, what is the manuscript basis for the Quran? And I want to explain how important this is. In a Muslim's mindset that Allah gave revelation to Muhammad, and he received these revelations and recited them like a typewriter, word for word, and you're not to question the Quran at all. See, one of the great attacks of Muslims against Christianity is the Bible, and so they attack the Bible, especially taking from the Gnostic Gospels that came 2nd, 3rd, 4th century, and they say that this was part of our Christian history, and it wasn't. is what we rejected as the church. But they try to come into the Bible and show inconsistencies or manuscript variants. Now, in our understanding of authoritative scripture, it's not a typewriter, but it is God working through individuals, speaking through them as they're bringing forth the Word of God, 
and it's consistent throughout the centuries, not based upon one individual. And they're bringing truth and ultimately the truth of God's salvation to the world. So when you go from Genesis to Revelation, you're seeing the consistency of God's word that's building upon precept upon precept, concept to concept, from covenant to covenant, and the revelation of everything being fulfilled in the Messiah. And as God's word has been copied from manuscript to manuscript, we're not based upon a typewriter. We're based upon the consistency that gives the authority of God's word to the world. So they will look at the difference between the King James and, say, the New American Standard, and they will attack that all the time. Well, why in the King James does this sound a little bit different from this? Or why do you have this verse here versus that verse? And if you'll go back to my hermeneutics, as we were talking about translations of the Bible, it will explain in more detail of our understanding of inspiration, the Word of God, and what is important to us. And I don't have a problem with a variant from the 14th century versus a variant in the writing from the 4th century. What our goal is to get back to the best possible reading. As God was speaking through Paul, God was speaking through John, how God was speaking through Isaiah. And as we go through and we see the consistency that all Scripture is God-breathed. And we understand this of how it was brought forth and how it changes us and how it gives us guidance every single day of our lives. That's not the view of inspiration from an Islamic worldview. From an Islamic worldview, if one letter, one verse is off, then it's not the Word of God. And that's what they believe, is that's how the Quran was put together. However, they've never had people attacking that worldview and bringing forth lower criticism, textual criticism for the Quran. And when Dr. J. Smith, who is probably the greatest authority on textual criticism, or let me say this, one of the best authorities on textual criticism of the Quran, when he brings these out, immediately all the Islamic agencies are waiting for it and they delete them immediately because they know how powerful it is, and not any Islamic scholar will even allow themselves to be put in a debate with them. Only Ali Shabir is one of the ones, and it's really comical sometimes how he loses the debate to Dr. J. Smith. We're going to give you this second video that is about the manuscript basis for the Quran. 20 to 30 minutes, listen to it, and see him pick apart the Quran and once he does that, what you have done, what you have in your hands is tools to break down the walls of Islam to that Muslim. Now, I want to say this statement, and hopefully you understand this in the right way. I love Muslims. I hate Islam. I love Hindus. I hate Hinduism. I love atheists, but I hate atheistic religion. I'm separating the philosophy from the person. I hate Buddhism, but I love Buddhists. And what I'm saying is that I hate the sin, but I love the sinner. My goal is to attack their worldview because I love them, and I want to bring the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ into their lives. Many of these religions, unless you break down the walls, you'll never be able to bring in the gospel. That is so true within Islam.
I have so many friends that are trying to reach Muslims at 20, 30 years, and they're trying to do friendship evangelism, and they're doing everything that they can not to be confrontational with Muslims about Islam. And then you ask them 20, 30 years later, how many have come to faith? And they will always say, but they're so close. They're so close. Then I look at Dr. J. Smith, who's confronting the world of Islam, knocking down the walls of it, which is opening the ears and the minds and ultimately the hearts of Muslims. And that for the first time in their life, they're having to confront the lies of Islam and it's opening them to the truth. And anywhere I go in the world, if I talk to a Muslim and I say, do you know Dr. J. Smith? They know who he is. But if I go to Christians in the West, you know who Dr. J. Smith is? They don't know who he is. They've never heard of him. But he's impacting the Islamic world because he's bringing polemics and he's offering apologetics to Christians of how to defend their faith against the attack of Islam, against our faith. But this polemics is so important to bring the gospel to Muslims that we love, that Jesus died for, that there is hope for them, there is the forgiveness of sins for them, and there can be life in his name. He's not just a prophet. He's the Messiah, the Son of God, that laid down his life on a cross for their sins. He rose from the grave, and there is life in his name. And I love to look into a Muslim's eyes and say to them, I have 100% assurance that I'm going to heaven because of my faith in Yeshua, in their language, Isa, the Messiah. And I can look at them with assurance. Now, they cannot look back at me with assurance because in Islam, there's not any assurance of salvation except if you die in a jihad, a holy war. That's the only way that you can go immediately to paradise. Otherwise, it's all based upon Allah and his decision. You can be 99% good and 1% evil, and Allah can send you to hell because it's all according to the will of Allah. I have assurance. I want them to have assurance based upon the forgiveness of sins in Isa, their Messiah. So this is what we're going to try to do. We're going to start linking you to videos every single week of different worldviews and apologetics and polemics. And I hope you enjoyed these videos. Any last words, Alan? No, I was just thinking even before you, you said about, you know, loving the uh, sinner, you know, not the sin. Being in uh, New York City for 17 years, you can imagine some of the, the worldviews you face there in this century, in this day and age. And I think I had to check myself a lot of times with that. A lot of times you can get into a discussion, it can get a little bit heated, and you almost want to get frustrated and mad at the person. But I have to remember, and I still have to remember sometimes, that they're not saved, they're not walking in the love of Christ. They're really siding with the enemy, with the devil, you know, and we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and powers. So yeah, just just for me personally, and I'm, I'm speaking to myself, you know, always, you know, don't don't be upset with that person that's that that Muslim or that Hindu or that atheist that's coming at you because it's ultimately the enemy that's coming at you and is coming at right. Christ. But yeah, really, you know, and I can get upset and and you know just naturally want to argue, and then you just you view the other person, you're mad at them, but you shouldn't be mad at them. It's the enemy that's working in them. Like you said, doing it with love. 
and saying, okay, I'm going to show you this. And it may be confrontational and it may have to be a hard word and say, no, you're wrong and I don't agree with you, but I still love you and this is what truth is. And ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to bring that person to Christ. We can show them, we can open the door, but my argument, my best polemics, Dr. J. Smith's best argument doesn't get that person to come to know Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that works through what we say inspired by God. So yeah, that's, that's, that's powerful to remember that. And, and just, yeah, check, check the attitude when you start feeling aggravated, just remember this is the enemy that you're against. Not one person, you know, not even one, one religion. It's one enemy, the devil that's working against Christ. Right. And I want to say polemics, you have to be careful when to speak, allow God to use you when and how. If you're in an Islamic society, you're not able to do polemics because you will get killed. I wouldn't go into the mosque and (laughs) in your local mosque and start saying that. Yeah, you need to let the Holy Spirit lead you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Dr. J. Smith and other people that are involved in polemics against Islam have death threats all the time. Don't let anyone tell you Islam is a, a religion of peace. It's never been a religion of peace, and it will never be a religion of peace. It only comes under the land of peace when it's in control and they establish Sharia law. Then it's known as the land of peace. And at that time, if you're a Jew or Christian in the Sharia law that was established from the beginning, you're able to live and still exist, but you're a second-class citizen. You cannot hold office. You have to pay a higher tax. You come under heavy persecution, but you're in the land of peace. It's only peace because it's under Islamic control, and Sharia law has been established. For us, Islam is not a religion of peace. It will never be because we have the truth of who God is and the truth of God's salvation. And we're at peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you have to be careful when you share this. If you share what Dr. J. Smith is sharing right now, and you're not in London, England, but you're in Iran, or if you're in Saudi Arabia, or if you're in Kuwait, you're in Turkey, even in Turkey, the most secular society with Islam, your life is at danger. So yes, use God's wisdom, but keep speaking. And as long as the airways are open and the the ability to communicate to the world through media, let's take advantage of that. And that's where, where a person like Dr. J. Smith, God is using. God's using him to break down walls. The truth comes, but it's God that opens the heart. And we can never lose sight of that. Dr. J. Smith grew up in India. His grandparents were missionaries in India. His parents were missionaries in India. He grew up in North India. He ministered his whole life. He grew up with Muslims. He debated with Muslims. He spent time in West Africa ministering the gospel to Muslims. His whole life has been dedicated to bringing the gospel to a people that he loves. Listen to these videos And we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you will use these videos, Lord, to strengthen our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but also to give us insight to break down the walls of every lie and every darkness and every falsehood that is out there. 
and Lord, to bring the light of the gospel into such dark worlds. And Lord, we just pray for Muslims all around the world. Lord, and we pray that the gospel will come to their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And these videos, after you watch them, go on and link to all of his videos, and it will be such a resource for you on every subject that he deals with. God bless you. If you'd like to learn more about IGM or have any questions about this podcast, feel free to reach out to us at info at integritygm.com and connect with us on Instagram at integrity underscore global and Facebook at Integrity Global Missions. If you like our podcast, please share it and leave a review. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day.